Welcome to episode seven of the Keeping It Covered podcast. Ben Blakely here, and I'm pleased to be joined by Christine Lisi. Christine is a radio anchor and voiceover talent for ESPN Radio. Christine, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's great to have you. Hi, Ben. Good to be with you. So, Christine, we'll start with your upbringing. Grew up in Olean and, you know, growing up in Western New York, being a Bills and Sabres fan is, it's it's a given. So, um, what were some early memories you remember growing up in Olean and cheering on the Bills and the Sabres? I remember uh, going to my first Bills game with my family when I was seven. I still remember this. Uh, played the Jets and the Bills won. And I just remember um, we went to a lot of, and I think I went to my first Sabres game when I was nine. So uh, I have a lot of memories of going to what back then was called Rich Stadium for the Bills and the Odd for the Sabres. Um, I felt like we went quite often and um, just a lot of great memories with my parents and my brother going up there to to see them. And it just, um, I don't know, it, it just kind of sticks with you, you know, like you go once and they win and you're hooked. And I just remember so many, so many wonderful good times at both those places. Once you graduate from high school, you decide to go to SUNY Geneseo, which is a very good school. You know, me being a SUNY Brockport grad, it's good to see and talk to a former SUNY graduate. So why did you end up deciding to go to SUNY Geneseo and become a Knight? Uh, let's see. I applied to Geneseo, Brockport, and St. John Fisher. Those were my three schools that I applied to. And uh, I don't know, something in Geneseo just called to me, I guess. I looked at, you know, what I wanted to do with communications and what they had to offer the TV and the radio stations. And it just was my place. And it's funny because I didn't take a tour. I picked that as my school. They accepted me and I, I decided I was going to go there. And then I went for the tour, which I know it's a little bit backwards how people usually do it. But uh, it was funny because after I got accepted and I, you know, that was where I was going to go. Then my mom and I took the tour. So that was, that was kind of funny, but um, just the campus and everything and just, uh, it definitely was the right place for me. Kind of a bummer you said SUNY Brockport was one of yours, so it's kind of a bummer we didn't get you to be a Golden Eagle <laughs> instead of a Knight, but that's okay. I know. You know, my mom is a, an alum of Brockport. Okay, so, yeah, uh, so so you almost had a chance. Almost, almost. You know, I'm a, I am got to say, though, Ben, I'm like a huge SUNY fan, so whenever I meet somebody who went to one of the SUNY schools, whether it's like on social media or like in person, it's kind of a neat bond to have with other people. I think the SUNY system is so awesome and it, you know, it's such a good quality education for a, a great price that I just, I'm a huge SUNY fan. For sure. And um, once you went to Geneseo, you were involved in, you mentioned the radio station and television station, but, mm -hmm. you know, during the summer, you ended up going home and you worked for now, which is WOEN and you did DJing production sports. You did pretty much everything there. So was yeah. that the spot where you decided that you wanted to go into radio and make it a career? Yeah, that was really, it was wonderful because the station, uh, it was WMNS at the time, and they had an AM station and an FM station. And my boss, Gary Neese, was was just great. Um, he let me do everything. Like you mentioned, I, I was a DJ. I got to write spots. I got to produce spots. Um, I got to cover Bill's training camp in Fredonia, which was a lot of fun, like, especially for somebody like me, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old doing that. And it was just a lot of fun. And the people I worked with, and I don't know, something about radio just kind of called me. And I think it's the immediacy of people that, you know, you're with somebody, you, you know, you listen to the radio in your car and your home. And like, 
you become part of somebody's routine or almost like a little kind of a family thing, like whether you listen to a morning show. And I just found, I always found that really kind of a neat thing. You know, radio kind of keeps you company no matter where you are. And you mentioned kind of the Bills were at training camp at the time in Fredonia. And when you went, that was the good old times where Buffalo was starting to build a team, you know, Jim Kelly, Bruce Smith, uh, Andre Reid, Mm -hmm. all the guys that were younger in their time. So that must have been a great opportunity for you, I would think. It was fun. And I actually, at my house, I still have a a Buffalo Bills hat and I took it to training camp with me. I was just a college kid and I was covering the camp and I had all the guys sign it. It was the year before the training camp before Super Bowl 25, which was the first Super Bowl against the Giants. And they all signed it. And it's neat to still like, you know, you look at the signatures and like, oh, you know, see who I can pick out. Of course, Jim Kelly signs it right front and center on the bill because he would and then like everybody else like you know Frank Reich Shane Conlin and it was just it's neat to have that memory of going to Fredonia and being you know kind of welcomed and guys answered questions and it was a really neat experience to be able to do all that you know in my late teens when I was in college. I want to flesh ahead a little bit and um, you graduate from Geneseo in 91 and then four years later you end up at ESPN as a production assistant and Mm -hmm. You did everything. You worked on SportsCenter and you traveled for the hockey broadcasts, which were now with ESPN having them back back then. That was when hockey was really, I would say, strong. It's still getting to that point now, but just the experience of being able to travel for those broadcasts and working on SportsCenter for the Worldwide Leader in Sports, what was that first stint like for you? It was a lot of fun. When I was a production student, it was actually on NHL Tonight, but it was neat because I got to travel and I got to go to Buffalo a couple of times. I got to go uh, to Montreal and I hung out with Marty Brodeur and his family. Uh, I got to go to Pittsburgh twice. I went to Washington and it was just a really neat experience to kind of get that, what it was like to be on the road, kind of like a one woman show. I had a crew with me, you know, a cameraman, but like just, uh, I was my own person. Like I came up with the questions and I asked the questions and that was just an awesome experience. Um, I don't know if I'd want to travel a lot because it's tiring and, um, I don't know if I'm built for that, but, um, and the sports center stuff was really cool too, because, you get to do so many things like you cut highlights and you work on features and you work in the graphics department. And it was just kind of a way to find like what you want to do. And, you know, I enjoyed working in a specialty sport. Like that was a lot of fun for me. I had friends who worked on NBA tonight, NFL tonight, um, RPM tonight. Like it was a way that you could find your way in, in working in a sport that you love, but you could still learn a ton about what you wanted to do and the direction you wanted to go. When you were at ESPN, there was all these experiences that you mentioned that you had. And then two years later, you decided to leave ESPN and um, for an honor radio job in Springfield, Massachusetts, which considering how close Connecticut and Massachusetts are, it's not really that bad of a drive. But, you know, was it tough leaving, I guess you could say, a dream job like you mentioned at ESPN to go for, you know, kind of an unknown job for an honor personality in Massachusetts? It was hard to leave a lot of my friends. Like that was, that was tough. Um, my college roommate's brother thought I was nuts. <laughs> um, you know, she got married the year that I left ESPN and he came out to me and he's like, what are you thinking? But I just, I didn't leave on bad terms. I didn't leave because I was unhappy. I left because I had this other opportunity to do something that I really wanted to do and to see if I could do. And so that was why I left. Um, and, you know, I worked at a country station. I didn't know anything about country music. I still don't. But it was fun to have that experience to learn about like a new genre of music. And they still let me, I 
anchored the morning news and I got to do sports stuff too. So that was, um, that was a lot of fun. And then um, the Springfield Falcons, the AHL team up there, like whenever they would come in to the studio or do stuff like sports oriented, like I got to drive the bus on the questions over the host who really didn't know much about sports. So that was fun for me to be able to do that. And I did that in Springfield for a year. And then I went to Hartford and I worked in Hartford for a few different stations for, you know, a couple of years. So it was, it was a lot of neat experience, like doing a lot of different things, which I think is important to be able to do a bunch of different stuff. So in the year 2000, you decide that you want to come back to ESPN and um, the Orleans Times Herald did a great feature piece on you a couple years ago and how that you called up ESPN about inquiring to work at Bristol again. So what did that conversation kind of entail knowing that you wanted to go back to a place that you enjoyed so much? I remember asking Linda Cohn if I could name drop her because I didn't know anybody in radio at the time. And so I called and I talked with Len Weiner, who was um, in charge of radio. And I, you know, explained, you know, what I wanted to do and who I was. And they didn't have anything for me at that point. But then I don't know if it was like six months later, they called and they said, hey, would you like to start working overnights on Fridays doing updates and then Sunday mornings. And so I was like, sure. Uh, and it was a lot of fun doing that. Like I'm not a night person, but I had a blast on the overnight because of the people. And then Sunday mornings were fun because I got to work with Dan Lebetard and that was just a blast. Um, I didn't know Dan at all, but like, I just found like uh, his show was just so different than anything I had ever heard before, but we had a, we had a blast on Sunday mornings. And um, from there I was able to kind of you know, from my full-time job, I could maybe come in some nights after I, I finished in Hartford and work like a couple hours, like doing an update shift. So it was, it was neat to be able to, again, do different shifts. And then you meet and work with all sorts of different people too. When it comes to ESPN, you may never know who you're going to run across. You know, I've talked with people who have worked at ESPN and have kind of had this kind of starstruck moment. And for you personally, you had one when you met a Hall of Fame wide receiver in the hallways of ESPN <laughs> Bristol Studios. And I don't want to give away his name. I want you to tell the story of how you got to meet that person. I walk out into our hallway outside my studio here and I see Jerry Rice. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I lost my breath for a second. And he was kind of, uh, he was lost because like, it's a huge campus. Like it's like a college campus and there are so many studios in different places. And I don't know how he even got in here, but he like, I think, I, I don't even know if I might've said, Oh my God, you're Jerry Rice. And uh, he was really super nice. And he goes, I'm looking for, and he said the producer's name, but he only said the first name. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, I didn't know. So I went in and I grabbed, um, we have a couple guys who are Niners fans. And I was like, Jerry Rice is in the hall. I said, do you know, like, how can I lead him? And he didn't know what studio he needed to go to. But I think we eventually, like, somebody got on the phone and kind of found where he he needed to be. But, like, that was that was really cool. Like, you know, you see different people walking around and stuff. Like, um, I've yet to run into, like, Mark Messier and Chris Chelios. But it is kind of neat to see those people, you know, like that. Or when they would shoot the commercials, like the This Is Sports Center commercials. Um, it was really neat to, to see, like, people... You know, some people, they didn't tell you when they were coming in, like Wayne Gretzky. I didn't know that when he was going to be here, Alex Ovechkin, like, you know, some people like that, they don't kind of tip you off when people are going to be in. But when you do see those people, it's really, really cool. Like this is a, it's a really neat place to be. 
Well, I'm telling you one thing. Hopefully, when uh, Buffalo raises a Super Bowl within the next year or two, we'll uh, m- maybe who knows? Maybe Josh Allen and uh, Steph Diggs will be walking down the hallway, and you'll be able to see him in person. It might be a pretty cool opportunity. I hope so. That would be fantastic. So, Christine, there's all these things that you've done throughout your career, and I want to talk about one specifically. And it was after 9/11. Um, you told the Only Times Herald that you did not want to do news anymore. And a lot of people kind of had that position. So why did you decide after such, you know, such a terrible event that happened in our nation's history that you didn't want to do news anymore? Uh, it was a lot. Like, I'm, I don't think I'm built for that kind of heavy, heavy news every day. Like, um, terror alerts and whether it's orange or it's red or it's yellow. Um, and then just all the awful things. And even now, like all the awful things that are on the news every day. Sports is fun for the most part, and it's the way to escape for like a couple hours or like when I'm here at work, like, you know, eight hours or you're watching a game, like you don't have to think about all that other stuff. And I just wanted to work really hard to get to ESPN full time uh, after 9-11. I didn't quit right away without having another job, but I was like, you know, I'm not built for this and that's okay. You mentioned earlier that you were able to work with uh, Dan Levitard and Stu Gotts on that show, and obviously they're not under the ESPN umbrella anymore, but it had to have been a great experience like you mentioned. So what was it like working with those two? It was a lot of fun. Um, Like I said, Dan and I worked for a couple of years on Sundays until he left the Sunday morning show, but to be able to work with him again and like all those guys, Roy and Mike and, and Chris and everybody, it was a lot of fun. And they had me do the and finalies, which um, a lot of them, like, I am very uncomfortable making fun of people's weight and looks and all that stuff. And like the first one I had to read was like about Dan's weight. It was making fun of Dan's weight. And I'm like, the first thing I'm like, and this is on air. I'm like, oh, by the way, I didn't write this. <laughs> I, I didn't want to read it because I'm just not like that. And uh, but they, you know, like, though, you have to read it. So that was a lot of fun. And like, you know, they're all based in Miami, except Mike Ruiz they're all like Dolphins fans. So that in 2020, when I was with them, the Bills were really good, like starting their resurgence. And um, the Dolphins really weren't that good. And um, so it was just, it was a lot of fun, like the back and forth, like a day after a, a Bills big win or like a day after a Bills loss. Like I remember they gave me a hard time after that Cardinals, uh, the Hail Mary after that loss. And, um, you know, just, it was just fun, the back and forth during football season with them. And again, that show and my Greenberg show and, and the other shows that we have, like it's a nice way to escape especially 2020 was so awful. Like the last couple of years have just been awful. It was just a nice way to like kind of exhale and laugh for a couple hours. You're not afraid to show your Geneseo Knights pride, which is something that we mentioned earlier. The SUNY system is such a great system for students to learn in. Mm -hmm. It it gives you a great college experience for, you know, less of a cost of going to a place like Syracuse or any of those bigger ones. And you wear your Geneseo pride and it's good to see. So what went into that decision, you know, every day just to put on a Geneseo Knights uh, t-shirt or sweatpants or a sweatshirt and go in and do your, you know, TV or radio updates with Geneseo Pride on you? I always do that on Fridays. Um, it's like it's either going to be the Bills or for the night that the Sabres honored Rick Jenneret. Uh, I wore like a Sabres hoodie and a Sabres t-shirt. Um, I always like Western New York will never leave me. And that's just my way. And I love my alma mater 
beyond words. Like I can't, what Geneseo did for me, like as a student, as a person, it will always have a special place in my heart. And I want everybody to know how much I love my school and how great I think my school is. And it's really nice to see on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, hey, I went there or, you know, my husband went there, my wife went there, my kids go there. Like, it's a really neat way to connect with people. And I really, really enjoy that. The company that you currently work for, ESPN, has been one of those trailblazers in hiring women and minorities to fill roles, whether it be you know a producer role or be an on-air role, that kind of stuff. And you've been at ESPN for over 20 years. So for you, what you've seen, what are some changes that the sports industry for better and ESPN has been kind of the spearhead of that kind of change? I think one good thing is like, there's so many podcasts, right? There's like a podcast for everybody, every taste that you could have, any sport, I think that's awesome. I think, you know, having more women in broadcasts is awesome. Like having an all-female all broadcast in hockey or basketball or any sport like that. I think that's fantastic. Um, I think we have a nice way of showing diversity on our broadcasts. And I mean, entering the digital world and, and ESPN Plus and having so many you know, opportunities to watch games no matter where you are and, and the app always keeping you kind of, you know, tuned into what's going on. I think those are a couple of ways. Now, I try and find for these podcasts, I try and find something that a lot of people may not know about each guest. And for you personally, it is your passion for baking. And I'm going to put you on the spot for a second, because I know, um, I, I know you have a lot of recipes that you enjoy. So out of all the recipes that you've done, what is your favorite cookie recipe that you've made? I think the one that I enjoy the most because it freaks people out is when I put a brownie inside a chocolate chip cookie and I make my, my treats are big. Like they're huge. Like I use quarter cups of dough and stuff. I think it's the brownie inside a chocolate chip cookie or, you know, putting an Oreo in some sort of flavored cookie. Like, I think those are my favorite things to do because people are like, wow, this is big. What's in there. And that always makes me laugh. So I, I like, I like those a lot. And, you know, looking at all the ones that you've made, my mom is a big red velvet and Oreo fan. So I think I'm going to have to try the red velvet Oreo bars. I'm going to find a way to make those. So that's, that's going to be the one I'm going to try and test out. You should, they're really, they're not too hard to make, Then you should definitely try those. So Christine, last question for you. And it comes down to like an industry standpoint. And there's a lot of people that, especially with COVID that has changed a lot of things. A lot more people are going to have to do a lot more things on their own in this industry, whether it be kind of opening doors for themselves or, um, you know, if you're a person who's doing three things, they have three people doing it before COVID. Now it's going to be you doing three things. So what is some advice that you have for people that want to get into the sports radio or television business? Oh, geez. I think, yeah, what you said, Ben, like being able to do a couple things well, um, or as many things as you can well, know how to write clearly and concisely without getting bogged down, without being too wordy, always answer who, what, when, where, why, and how as quickly as you can. You know, being able to edit is important, having like some sort of, you don't have to be a technical whiz, but being able to have like some sort of knowledge on how to do stuff, I think is helpful. Try to connect with people on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and just like try to find a way if you can shadow people or if you can like get advice from people on, you know, what do I need to work on? I think kind of like those things I would suggest to people. Christine, you were so gracious with your time, uh, you know, this morning. Just kind of tell the listeners where they can find you and, you know, all the content that you produce, uh, not only ESPN, but also with your WordPress site that you have. 
Sure. I'm on Twitter at ESPN Christine. Um, I'm Christine Lisi on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. And uh, my website is cookiesbychristine.com if you want to check that out. I have a YouTube channel where I've done a lot of baking videos, but I haven't done them in a while. And I'm also on um, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus Monday through Friday. Uh, Monday through Wednesday, I'm on from 10 to 6.30. And then uh, Thursday and Friday, I'm on 10 to 2.30. And I'm also on ESPN Plus. Christine, I know you have a very big uh, schedule, so I really appreciate you squeezing me in to talk about some sports and your career. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome, Ben. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to Episode 7 of the Keeping It Covered Podcast, and thanks again to Christine Lisi for coming on for this episode. My name is Ben Blakely. You can follow me on Twitter at BenBlakely18, and be sure to give Christine a follow as well at ESPN Christine. And to listen to this and any other episodes of the Keeping It Covered podcast, be sure to find us on Spotify. Just search Keeping It Covered.